Okay, folks, true story. It's Saturday night and I'm putting together this episode for all the lovely walruses out there. Look, and also for all the sneaky wee bastards over there, Dickhead Island, who are secretly listening to this podcast but pretend that they don't. But as I sat down here tonight on this Saturday night, I spotted a show on TV where there appears to be minor celebrities dressed up as animals and aliens and packets of fucking Skittles. And Jonathan Ross and Daphina McCall and Rita Ora and some other fucking geezer, I have no idea who he is, are trying to guess who's singing karaoke in the suit. I mean, fucking sweet Jesus, the human race has been fucking lobotomized. It's never going to come back from this, from what I can see. Now, it's flagged up to me. Even harder than normal, the difference between the producers of this world and the consumers. Now, as I'm cranking out an episode of this podcast, producing some decent content, well, I hope it's decent anyway, much of the country is consuming this garbage. I think it's called the Mask Singer or something like that. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a time to relax and a time to consume But we've reached peak consumption, where the opportunity to produce has never been greater. Firstly, because the means of delivery, as I've said on many occasions, of the content has been democratised because of online. But secondly, because the shite that people are prepared to consume is literally mind-blowing. You just have to fucking produce anything and they're going to consume it. Now, just have a think about that. Make sure you're producing. Uh, And one other thing, whilst I'm having a bit of a rant, never forget that it is the truth that the great businesses of this world were all built at the fucking weekend. While the dickhead islanders are glued to a celebrity singing dressed as a fucking tube of toothpaste or something like that. Now, I say no more, as this episode is actually about something else completely different. But now that I've got that rant out of the way and I've got your attention, let's get the fucking work. This episode, which is episode 168, if I'm not mistaken. And if you're a brand new listener to the show and you're wondering what fucking madness I've stumbled across, I'm your speed mentor, Gavin Wall, a proper serial entrepreneur who's got real life experience of building businesses and having successes and the failures that go with that across multiple different industries, who's trying to land some fucking truth bombs on you to help inspire you when you need it, but also to give you a good rollicking when that's required too. Now, today's episode is about making conscious choices about whether to go wide or deep in your entrepreneurial lives. Now, and the suggestion for this episode came from a, a local entrepreneur, a uh, design boy himself, Chris McClenahan, um, at Creative 3 Media. And uh, he and I were shooting a few messages back and forward a few months ago. And you can check out Chris and his business partner, Henry McCrory of Creative 3. And just for the record, in case you are a new listener, that's not a plug or an advert. I just admire some of the work the guys are doing there from afar. So some months back, Chris and I were shooting these messages back and forward 
with each other. And Chris was getting a bit, a bit jiggy with the idea of going one inch wide and one mile deep on his focus rather than spreading himself too thinly or, or too widely or too generically that he maybe had done in the past. Now, you can apply this one inch one mile deep approach to all areas of your life and business. Now, your concentration or your focus can be one inch wide, blocking out everything except the task at hand. Another way to think of a of an inch wide is if you're if you're niching on your market segmentation. So for instance, if you're a marketer and you decide you only market for a particular sector, such as solicitors, and you keep that focus really, really narrow until you really corner it as you develop strategy specific to their needs because you obsess about how to market solicitors' practices. Now, by the way, you may see um, um, when you have the balls to do this sort of thing, the balls to, to niche on solicitors, for instance, what inevitably happens is that you get so good at it. You get so good at the solicitors that all the fucking accountants, they then start saying that you're killing it for the solicitors and they want you to start working for them too. And it starts to snowball from there. Now, when you're a generalist, that happens less off, less often as you don't develop the nuance and the expertise um, from going the one inch wide and a mile deep that you do when you start the niche. Now, the concept of one inch wide and one mile deep on your focus and the concept of niching your offering, uh, you know, doing a bit of segmentation, aren't strictly speaking the same thing. One is around market segmentation and the other is strictly speaking around focus. But those who niche are very often the best at focus too. And there's a lot of crossover, so I may swap them in and swap them out with each other a little in this episode. And if you don't like that, you know what you can do? You can fuck away off. So let's be honest, pre-internet, going niche in a small market like Northern Ireland was very difficult, as we're a tiny population. Um, uh, but that's no longer a problem. Whether you're in Northern Ireland or anywhere else that feels remote from a large market, uh, we now have the world at our fingertips through the internet and social media. So the opportunity to go niche on a market is there like it never was before. Now, become a specialist. This is my advice. Become a specialist in an area and drill it relentlessly. Become the most knowledgeable person you can be. For, it could be stamp collecting or you could be the leads or the world's leading expert in fucking watermelons. I, I don't know. You, you you pick. Now, think, I mean, if you did become, all right, let's take that as an example. If you did become the world's leading expert on watermelons, think of the amount of people around the world who'll be interested in your watermelons. <laughs> think about the supply chain, the growers, the distributors, the consumers. Now, you, I could go on and on of these layers of people who'd be interested and the watermelons, because it does run deep. Now, going wide with less specific focus than I was evidencing there in relation to the watermelons, um, basically taking a, a generalist approach, which is what most people do in a vain attempt to catch a wide spectrum of people into your potential sales funnel, um, will often leave you too bland to be of actual interest to anyone. You're too vanilla to attract the few fanatics that you need to bring into your life who'll be your greatest marketing megaphones. Now, probably the best example, actually, when I think about it, in Northern Ireland currently, who's really going one inch wide on one product and being so knowledgeable on that subject 
being so able to evidence huge knowledge and showcase their love for their specialist area is a guy called Nico van der Horst of Pride and Pinion. Now, he's not a generalist jeweller. He might be um, surprised that I'm talking about him, but he's not a generalist jeweller with a jewellery shop selling everything from gold chains to earrings and watches too. No, he fucking loves watches and he knows his shit. So much so that those who have even no interest in watches will really enjoy him talking about them because of his clear love and knowledge about watches. So check out Nico and Pride and Pinion as they're they're blowing up really bigly, uh, as Trump would say, really bigly, Uh, particularly on YouTube where they're getting hundreds of thousands. In fact, there could be up to millions of viewers for their watches. Um, And uh, Nico is an absolutely fascinating guy. Uh, and really fun to watch too. He's doing some really interesting stuff there. But it's because he's niched right away, really, really early, just on watches. Now, because of the internet, now if you stick to an inch wide and keep going deeper and deeper, with 7 billion people out there in the world, there's a market for every single specialist. Now, I love going narrow um, and then going deep. I've talked about it before when I was building my entrepreneurial profile for the first few years. Um, every single post or utterance from my mouth was accompanied by um, hashtag back in North Belfast. Uh, so it's hashtag back in North Belfast. I absolutely mullered that hashtag. I showcased myself while showcasing a really niche area, in this case a geographic, a geographic one, an area that experienced huge underinvestment and been left to rot in many cases. And I became the voice of that location. Now, I remember my head of operations saying to me, but what are you, why are you hemming yourself into North Belfast so much? You're going to get stuck there. And I said to him, you don't understand. I said, when people see what I can do for North Belfast, they'll want me to come and do the same thing in their area. And for too long, it'll be Northern Ireland. And then after that, it'll be the fucking world. And if your man, Elon Musk, has his way, maybe we'll get the Mars too. But I've evidenced that. And it's a clear strategy that you should be thinking about. Now, find your area of focus or find your niche audience. Now, one or two target areas for for. Um, your work. Now target them and become the very best. Now don't be afraid to create your own hashtag and hammer it and then hammer it some more and when you think people are bored of it that's when you gotta double down and keep fucking hammering. Hammer that fucking peg in that one ounce one ounce one fucking inch hole and hammer and hammer and hammer and keep fucking hammering. Do you hear me? In truth I think people actually are afraid of going an inch wide. Because what if you do? What if you commit yourself and you're not the next fucking Nico fan or horse or whatever the fuck he's called for watches? You're possibly afraid you'll be exposed or critiqued because you're just not quite good enough. Now, most people take the easy way out and hide amongst the generalists, um, becoming the magnolia and the wallpaper of life. Be brave. What's your skill? What niche can you serve best? What area of expertise can you exploit? Now, if you're going deep, make sure you're writing blogs and you're writing articles and you're doing podcasts and you're going deeper and deeper and deeper as you drill this inch to within an inch of your own fucking life. So how might this work in a business setting? Now, a great resource for me anyway on this, it's a brilliant book called Built to Sell 
by John Warlow. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that book before on the podcast. Well, it's narrated by a guy called Eric Sinestfed. I think that's how he pronounces his name anyway. But there, I must say just about this book before we get into the content of it, the narration of that audiobook is beautiful. It's like eating fucking lint lindor chocolate you know the fucking wee red wrap ones it's like eating that it's just so so smooth eric is absolutely beautiful and even if you weren't interested by the way in the subject matter it's a great lesson just because of eric's narration but in that book which is a must read or listen for any aspiring entrepreneur there are two main themes one is the obvious one that you should build your business so you don't actually need to be in it otherwise you've just got a job rather than a business But the second, which is perhaps overlooked, is that you must not be all things to all people, i.e. the generalist. In the book, the fictional character Alex, who owns a design and marketing agency, but his problem is that he offers a full suite of everything under the sun to his clients. Websites, SEO, posters, billboards, radio adverts, anything to do with marketing. If they want this or they want that, he will provide it. And then he'll spend time thinking about how much you charge, what price you charge for each element. He'll spend time trying to work out how to do this bit of work or how to do that bit of work, dependent on the wide breadth of requests he gets from his clients. And because he's not really clear about what he offers, he's just a fucking marketing agency. And he ends up running ragged with a worthless business that he can't actually exit. So he makes a living from it, but he can't sell it because it's all about him running ragged, trying to serve this wide breadth of needs of his clients. Now, in the book, under advice from a mentor, he pivots away from a service-based approach, being all things to all clients, to developing a more product-based approach where he focuses on doing one thing, one thing really well and hires specialists in that area. And consequently, the quality of his work and the efficiency of delivery improves, helping him stand out from his competitors as he develops the company into a company that creates logos, the best logo-creating company um, in the country. So the message of the story goes, who cares if you do a wide range of services? Most people actually want a specialist. Now, the person who's drilled deep into the rich vein of knowledge and understanding that lies deep below the ground will win, rather than the one who sifts through a shallow grave. Now, a couple more examples here for you, just so you really get what I'm talking about. Now, my my mentorship, my mentorship, I turned that into a niche. I almost productized it. Now, I'm a mentor. Big fucking deal, I hear people say. I mean, there are millions of mentors out there. But I wasn't just a mentor. I was the fucking speed mentor. And it wasn't just about a marketing thing. It was about providing bite-sized nuggets of mentorship for time-starved entrepreneurs, helping them realize their full potential in just 20 minutes. Now, I'm no longer a specialist. I'm I'm no longer a generalist. I'm a specialist differentiated from the market once I once I set those parameters. Now, many of those already in the industry hated me for it because they had gone wide rather than inched it and gone deep. Now, they had no strategy because they were shitty fucking mentors and shitty fucking business people and they were instantly forgettable. So what I did there was I niched, okay? Now, by the way, for those who are afraid to say no to business, now, this is one of the main big problems for people. They're afraid to say no to business and therefore they remain a generous forever. They end up not realising that the more you say no, 
the more word gets out that you're really specific about what you do. So that such and such is a specialist. So in the case we talked about built to sell, Alex, he built a process around logo design and he specialised in it, turning away general marketing work. And the word soon got out that he was a specialist in logos, building a repeatable and teachable process to his team and therefore a valuable business, which he was not shackled to and which he was able to sell as an asset. Now, the marketplace for making things cheaper or faster is over is often overdone. It's time to make a deep connection because you've dug dug so deep. Now, don't just pick an industry. Pick one. To pick, don't just pick an industry. Pick one and then go hyper fucking niche within it, and you'll mine the gold deep underneath the earth. Now, one final piece of advice on being ruthless about either going one inch wide and one mile deep. If you're a connection of mine on LinkedIn, you'll know that I have posted pretty much continuously for the last five years. But I haven't posted now for two going on three months. And the reason is simple. I'm totally focused on building the changes innovation business across Europe. And posting on LinkedIn and other social media channels is not going to help its growth in international markets. Now, the great news for me is that it's growing exponentially. But my only outset outside of that work, so I'm going one inch wide and one mile deep, my only outlet outside my work on the innovation in Europe is this podcast. There's no social media whatsoever at the minute. That's 10 hours per week and a distraction that takes me outside of that one inch diameter. Okay, so I've cut that 10 hours a week out. I've cut that distraction out. I'm going one inch deep or one inch wide and one mile deep. I'm locked on. Stuff I love doing on LinkedIn, inspiring people, charting my story has all been ruthlessly cut until I'm a mile deep. And only when this walrus is one mile deep more of a fucking mole or something at the minute. Only when I'm one mile deep will I come back to the fucking surface. And that's the challenge to every one of you who wants a passport to Walrus Island. To be just as fucking ruthless as I am when you need to be. You know, I used to say, hit me up on my social channels and let's get the conversation going. Well, there's no fucking point because I'm not even there, even though I know it's good or it's bad to be silent or it's good to be posting on social. There's actually a bigger prize currently in the one inch diameter and the one mile deep for me. Bruce Lee said he didn't fear a man who could do a thousand kicks. He feared the man who'd done one kick a thousand times. Bruce Lee knows and I think that you know too. One inch wide and one mile deep or spread too thin like a tin of magnolia paint. It's your choice. I'm a man on